Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla, and as everyone joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we are discussing Beauty and the Beast, both the live action and the original cartoon. So the original cartoon was released on the 10th of November 1991 in the USA, and nearly a whole year later on the 9th of October 1992 in the UK. I just love your facts, Carla. <laughs> we are very fact-heavy. We've had a lot of iTunes reviews saying we're packed full of facts. And believe me, that's the only fact you'll hear throughout this entire thing. So if you're looking for facts, switch off now, because I'm done. And you could have found those yourself on Wikipedia. They might be wrong. Or everybody viewing is just is just listens to the first two minutes and then goes, there's a lot of facts. Yeah. And then for that ado, I'll just cobble together a review. So I know the genuine reviews by the people that, that, that don't really mention we've got any facts. Yeah, yeah. We're on to you, people. <laughs> uh, I don't actually know. I haven't checked the dates of when the live action was. So, no fact for that, I'm afraid. But Sometime this year. About this year. It was earlier this year. And we're in, in case you're listening to this in the future, which, why? But if you are, we're in 2017. I believe it, I think it was released around my birthday time in February. I, I, I would say February, yeah. I remember being very cold when I went to the cinema. <laughs> That's all I remember. Well, that could be any... Any month in the UK, so you can't go on that. No. So, basically, I watched it way back in, let's say, February. Holly watched it last week. The week before, but yeah, let's not be picky about it. Let's not. But, I watched uh, the cartoon version, to remind myself of that, less than a week ago. You watched it how many years ago? Oh, ages ago. But, you know, Beauty and the Beast is one of those films you just, you know, just seen like thousands of times. Well, I'd imagine you would because this this really was a childhood film for you. It has to be. Yes, definitely. So I loved this film. I was a teenager when this came out. I was about 14. So I liked it and I had little cousins and used to watch it a lot um, with them. But obviously it probably doesn't have the same meaning to me as it does to you. Yeah. But before we go any further, I need to do a couple of shout-outs at the start. Oh. And this is what, nothing... what, for the people that can't be bothered to listen all the way through? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this, um, this is just nothing to do with Beauty and the Beast. It's just using the fact that we've got a podcast to give someone a shout-out. So I just want to say um, well done to two of my cousins for graduating this last week 
So well done to Lauren for graduating in fashion and design and well done to Angel for graduating in publishing media, business and management. I'm very proud of you both as I am all the rest of my cousins. And do they listen? Yeah, of course they do. Big fans. <laughs> this is the test. Uh, but yeah, well done. Yeah, I'll, oh, yeah, I'm really proud of them. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's great. Anyway, on to uh, briefly the attraction, as always. It is in Disney Hollywood Studios, or MGM, as me and you still insist on calling it. Yeah. It was, actually, it actually opened, according to my sources, which are Wikipedia, <laughs> On the 22nd of November 1991, which seems awfully close to when the film was released, because according to this, the film was released on the 10th of November. So they seriously saying that they had a live show, like, a couple of weeks later. Oh, that's risky. What happens if it didn't do well? I mean, imagine if they went and did that with that awful film with Johnny Depp him. I haven't even seen it. I just know it's awful. You know, where he plays um, some guy who's, like, in the desert or something, and it was meant to be this, like, massive Disney hit, and it absolutely flopped. I don't even know what that is. Well, I was going to say, so much so, you won't even know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm going to have to Google it now. Like a Disney film, I just realised I needed to type more than just Johnny Depp in. Johnny Depp, Disney movie. I'm just going to get Pirates of the Caribbean coming up now. Yeah, 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 it does. The Lone Ranger. I don't even know what that is. The Lone Ranger, it's like he looks like he's got a bird on his head. Okay, I'm just Googling it now. I can confirm he does look like he has a bird on his head. Yeah, that would have been a disaster if if they'd have made a whole stage show out of it. I mean, Because how many people would have been there and been like, what? what is this? Well, if those dates are correct, and let's not forget, possible they're not. <laughs> That means it was in the park before it was even released in the UK. Well, yeah. And also, I mean, that's pretty, you know, you've got to have got to the cinema pretty much straight away to watch the film to understand what the hell is going on. Yeah, because the stage show is nice, but it's obviously an extremely condensed version. I think it's about 15, 20 minutes. So you don't really get the full sense of the story. You just hear a load of the songs. Yeah, but then I guess, do you need to have watched the movie to watch that? Maybe not. Maybe that would have made you go. Maybe in those days. Yeah. You know, in the early 90s, before spoilers or whatever, maybe it was just a bit of a teaser for people. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Anyway, I like the show very, very much. And I did really, really love it. And I also just remember being at Disney and, like, being in, like, all the shops and stuff and there being loads of, like, Beauty and the Beast merchandise and sort of really loving that. And also, you know, you'd see, I think I did Meat Bell, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they have one of the parades, don't they go around on the parade as well? Uh, yes. Beauty and the Beast are always in the Magic Kingdom parade. <laughs> what are you doing? I am. I'm having a sneaky to- chocolate digestive. Now, it's I'm, not sneaky. 
Well, I must point out that we've got a new recording system, and I used to be able to eat literally practically my dinner while recording this, and I just tried to sneak a biscuit out, and it's been picked up immediately. So there goes my son during a podcast now. We might, rather than it be taking three hours, though, it might get down to like half an hour. And be like, right, done. Okay, yeah. I won't eat the chocolate digestive. It is a dark chocolate digestive, though, I can confirm. Good. Delicious. They really are. I did really like it, you know, and I think it's fun to go to and stuff. But I do sort of sometimes feel that in the Disney part, like this should have a ride. Well, in the Magic Kingdom, and I think it's since you've been, because they only just finished building it when I was last there, there's a whole new Beauty and the Beast section in Fantasy Land where you've got Belle's Castle. But there's not a ride, is there? Or is there a ride? I don't, don't believe know. there's a ride. But they do have, which you would probably like, a very nice sit-down restaurant called Be Our Guest which you have to book for, so it's probably, like, quite... It's probably your I kind think, of thing. I think, actually, I have looked at this. I think Emma sent me the menu the other day, and I, I think it is quite expensive, actually. Right, I'm Googling it now. <laughs> it looks so fun. Um, I'm pretty sure this one is... Yeah, let me have a look. Let's let's get a menu up and see what we're working with here. Okay. I love looking at a menu, as you can tell. I do. You know, if you would like to hear Holly look at more menus, check out our out- outtake show, episode number fifteen, and you can listen to us reading lots of menus. <laughs> and guessing prices. Guessing prices, guessing calories. You find all sorts on that episode. I mean. Okay, it's probably not like crazy expensive, but it is quite expensive to be in like in a theme park, I think. So grilled strip steak with garlic herb butter and chips, thirty-five dollars. That's not that bad, I guess, actually. No, I don't know. Exchange rate, that's about thirty quid. <laughs> now, does it say chips or have you turned fries into chips? No, it says pom frits, but I just oh, said okay. chips because I just thought let's not get let's not just be that arrogant person who's saying it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. Also, I mean, who is going to buy this at Disney? Maybe if they got engaged, I don't know. They've got a bottle of Verve here on the menu, seventy nine dollars. You know, I don't know that I even approve of drinking in Disney anyway. I just wouldn't waste my time when I paid that much to get in sitting in a restaurant. I agree. And I think there's also this thing, you know, I haven't been, so I can't say. Who on earth is going to go there at lunchtime, eat a huge big steak and then get on big fun? Well, no, to be fair, that was the dinner menu. Right, I need to stop looking and concentrate because I'm just getting you know, down that rabbit hole into the internet where I'm just looking at random pictures of stuff. Yeah. Someone here has actually done a little bit of a be our guest lunch fee dinner. Okay. So if you want to know which one to go for, pop on over to Tips from the Disney Diva. <laughs> well, I certainly will. <laughs> I've just sent you I just sent you a picture of someone's lunch actually, Carla, in that restaurant. Okay. Really? <laughs> that is not someone's lunch in that restaurant. <laughs> 
is. Well, that's, that's awful. It looks like something that I've like, rattled up. Uh, yeah, at Be Our Guest, they take your order and then can either identify you from your magic band or from a little rose with a similar technology. You find your own table in one of the three beautiful dining rooms and grab your own silverware. Someone will come around and take a look at the receipts in the area so they know where you are seated. And then your server will come around with your food on their finest china per Mrs. Potts' order. Okay, I'm going to put this on Twitter after the podcast is up so you can see this mess of a dinner that someone's got. <laughs> and this is obviously the best angle because they've put it on there. It's some dirty old McDonald's chips, it looks like, been stuck on it. An ill-made baguette with just random meat hanging out of it. A Nesquik, not even in a glass. And don't you find it strange that, like... It's like, oh, just go in, find, get your own cutlery and, like, get your own stuff. Like, oh, my gosh. I'm not paying $35 for a steak to just be like, pick up my own silverware. Oh, I want someone to bring my silverware to me. Hmm. What is that in the picture? What is that, some, like, mac and cheese in the background? Um... I mean, no one's even wiped around the bowl. <laughs> so, on to the film. So, the cartoon starts off with a young, spoiled prince who was selfish and unkind. Did you, like, literally copy that word to word? That's what they said. So yeah, I know. Yeah. So, a beggar woman knocked on his door and asked for shelter in exchange for a rose and he turned her away now i have lots to say on this i was going to say so i'm on the live one obviously it starts like it's a little bit more not dramatic but you know you sort of see it a bit more like Mm. they're doing this obviously really elaborate party because it says something that the prince isn't very nice like he taxes all the local the people so he can have these like crazy elaborate parties and you know he's halfway through his party and then this woman walks in Mm. and then they all laugh at her and tell her to go away um i don't see a problem with that with them telling some old beggar woman to go away (laughs) yeah well i don't either (laughs) like if someone knocked on my door and just said Oh, I'm really cold. Can I come in? But I'll give you a rose. I would be like, uh, no. And can you get off my property? And then I would call 999. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I would think this woman was up to no good. What on earth would I want a rose for? No, thank you. It's like trying to give me lucky heather. <laughs> and also, it's probably like, you probably stole the rose from my garden. <laughs> Obviously, it's a very old story, but I just feel they could have made it, you know, shown he was... I mean, he gets cursed for doing what anyone sane would do. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. In the film, she turns from an old hag into a hottie and (laughs) turns him into a beast. And that's supposed to teach him a lesson. I don't think he was judging her purely on her looks. I just think he thought, you know, safety. Who is this woman? 
And also, the thing I really don't understand is like, okay, fine, he's been horrible, curse him. Why do we need to curse everybody that lives with him? I do not know. No, it's a bit... Talk about a little bit, you know, like a you know communist state where we you know one person does wrong and we've all got to suffer for it i mean for goodness sake oh it's like jeremy corbyn when and wrote this <laughs> it really is probably lost a few listeners at that point anyway so it says that the rose would bloom into his 21st year and if he was loved before the last petal fell the curse would lift so i had a um a couple of things i was thinking of and i'd never thought of it before but i was thinking of it in the cinema that how long has he been cursed for like it doesn't really say does it because chip is very very young like it must be 20 what coming up to 21 years well no because it says before his 21st year Oh, sorry, right, okay, yeah, get it. I so thought I you meant he's been cursed for 21 years. Right, okay. Oh, so he's very young. Um, yeah, which also seems unfair, because he might have been 16, 17 when he made that decision. And, you know, we all make very silly decisions at 16 and 17. It seems quite harsh. Well, then, putting it back to the live one, I would probably say, you know, like, 19... Yeah. It then we then cut to Belle and Belle in the live action to my horror was played by Emma Watson and even more to my horror, she was damn good at it. To me, she can be quite annoying mm. as an act as an actress. But actually she was very good. It was, was sort of like it was made for her, this role. Yeah, absolutely. I mean obviously, you know, as anyone will know, I don't really understand the harry potter films of anything too so i don't really have an opinion on it but she always struck me as someone that was a little bit annoying sorry emma but in this she was absolutely fantastic but then maybe i would perk up and you know want to bring my aim a game if i was getting paid the amount of money she was for this film she doesn't need the money does she let's be honest harry potter set her right up well yeah but this film's made her the highest paid actress in Hollywood was it really because she decided they did this new thing where rather than her getting her fixed salary she would take a percentage of all the earnings made oh that's clever um and it was quite strange I thought like a lot of the cast were British yes now why was Ewan McGregor playing a French man why could we have not got a French man playing a French man um just sometimes doesn't work does it i think you know mrs potts they had um emma thompson play which was fair enough although i think she's a bit too old to be chip's mother however that that was in keeping with the original which was um angela lansbury who played mrs potts in the film so what does she what does she do other than being angela lansbury she's in murder she wrote that's it yeah I thought it might, all the way through it, I thought they should have had her do the voice. And then I realised that when she came to life, she couldn't possibly be Chip's mother. 
But they could have written it that Mrs. Potts was Chip's grandmother, and that would have been a nice little nod. No, it wasn't. We don't need her. No one's probably. No one cares, probably. No one cared about Angela Lansbury. Are you mad? And shame on you. She's one of us. And she's done damn well in Hollywood, and we should be proud of her. So is Emma Thompson. Yeah, that's fine, having her on it. I just thought it might have been, you know, a nice little... You know. Well, what character would have Emma Thompson played? Well, did she need to be in it? Because <laughs> maybe she could have gone into The Lion King and played, you know, the girlfriend in that. <laughs> well, that would be very weird. Very, <laughs> very weird. Wasn't there a duster that doesn't appear in the cartoon? Yeah, the duster does appear in the cartoon. Does it? Yeah. I didn't see it at all when I saw the cartoon, and I only watched it two days ago. Yeah. There's a wardrobe. Yeah, which we saw on the live one as well. Yeah, I, I recognise the wardrobe, although it was given a bigger part on the live one than it was in the cartoon. It was barely Oh, yeah, seen. definitely. Barely seen on the cartoon, but I don't right. remember there being a I'm duster. sending you a picture of the feather duster, who is called Fifi. There she is. <laughs> Yeah. She must have had a bit part, though. Oh, yeah. Or you were paying no attention. It cuts to Belle, and Bonjour kicks in, which is actually called Belle. Did you know this song was called Belle and not Bonjour? Because I certainly didn't. Well, where does it ever say... Does it say Belle in the song? I don't think it does. But I was looking up, because I ran a poll on the Twitter... On, on the Twitter... On the Twitter feed to ask people what their favourite song was. And when I looked up all the songs just to remind me, so I picked the top four, it said Belle. And I thought, well, where's Bonjour? And I clicked on it. No. Bonjour is actually called Belle. I think everybody just calls it Bonjour, though. Well, it'd be, Don't silly. Know. It'd be silly not to. This is my favourite Disney song ever. I put that on the Twitter feed as well, that this was your favourite one. Like, I remember. literally my favourite. I love it so much. The song, it's a very weird song, isn't it? Because it's quite insulting. Because she reads books, they call her odd and peculiar and funny and say she doesn't fit in. And also it was funny when she was, I can't remember, I think it was... Was it just after that she started doing this and she was trying to teach the other little girl to read? And then they, someone sort of tells her off. Yeah, they say um, Gaston says girls shouldn't read books or something, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, the character of... who is What's his name again? The one who fancies her, but she Gaston. doesn't fancy her. Yeah, I just think him and his friend are just so funny. Like better, they are better in the live action yes, than than the cartoon. That, I think that they that that was an improvement on the cartoon. The cartoon, he wasn't actually particularly funny in, and neither was the friend. The friend was just quite annoying. Whereas the casting in the live action was very very good. But I like that it keeps really really close to the book, up to the original film. Yes, it didn't it didn't taint the original in any way, did it? I don't think. No which is good. So, obviously, we see that Gaston is after her, and he says that she's the only one as beautiful as him. And then we see her and her dad 
who is, what is he, like an inventor or something? Yeah. He goes off to the fair to show what he's invented and he gets lost in the woods on his horse. The horse flees, he gets chased by wolves and ends up in the beast castle. But isn't it strange, obviously it's like, you know, it's meant to be, but her whole thing is, you know, this time in the live one she's like oh when you go to the market just bring me back a rose um like basically to remind her of her mother doesn't she yes which wasn't mentioned in the cartoon unless i've forgotten that along with the duster but i don't believe it was mentioned at all her mother no no it wasn't whereas this actually there was a lot on it there was quite a lot of scenes and, you know, we can either come to it later or talk about it now. Um, the scene where she goes to, I don't know, there's, it's quite dark, that whole bit of the mum. Mm-hmm. We can actually work out how old this film is, can't we? Quite easily, I was just thinking. Can we? Well, like when it's meant to be set. Oh, okay. I thought you meant whether it was released in February. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I can just Google it. <laughs> I'd say it's probably late in some other so I would say it would be like the 1600s well, late 1600s so the fairy tale apparently first was published in 1740 so whether it was an old like whether the fairy tale when it was published was set in the past or present day I'm not sure but that's when it was originally published Actually, I mean, it could have been whenever because there was a, there was an awful lot of plagues going on in this time, an awful lot. But to be honest, to be in the 1700s and her to even be able to read would be pretty impressive, wouldn't it? Highly unrealistic, I would say. <laughs> Especially in her little town. I don't think people could read during that time frame. That's why people just used to put an X rather than a signature, wasn't it? Because people couldn't read or write. For goodness sake. Of course people would have been, like, being able to read. Not the lower classes, the prince, yes, the beast probably, because he would have been well-educated. But not, not people from her village wouldn't have been able to read. But not all of them would be poor in that village. They all looked poor. No, like Gaston didn't. I think he just knew how to dress. Anyway, now we've ripped that apart. So he's in the Beast Castle and in the cartoon version, and I believe this was pretty much... I think they've done it scene for scene. I think it's pretty accurate in both of them. That Cogsworth and Lumiere, the clock and the candle, start talking to him. And then you see Mrs. Potts and Chip also turn up. And he's obviously a little bit surprised by this as to why these random pieces of furniture and cutlery are able to talk. Yeah. And the beast arrives and Lumiere tries to explain to him that he just needs a place to stay and he's lost. But beast having none of this... He's very angry, picks him up and locks him away. Which again, I I sort you know, I completely appreciate he was like completely stuck out and stuff, but he did sort of 
come in, sort of make himself at home and stuff. I would have knocked. Knocked, didn't he? Yeah, but oh, he, he knocked and then opened the door. That's, you know, people that do that might as well just not even knock. True. So, yeah, I mean, I, obviously there was no need to lock him up, but, you know, I think I might have appreciated a bit more manners from him. Yeah. It cuts um, back to Gaston at this point, and he tells Belle her dreams have come true and that he's there to marry her, but she chucks him out. Not interested. Carla, just going back, actually, quickly to to France and stuff, do you know about the, just a random fact, okay. about the laws they have about bread, about no, baguettes? No, are you feeling that you have to ram this podcast full of, <laughs> because that's what our reviews from people that haven't listened properly <laughs> to the show say? Um, yeah, there's a law in France that every person has to have access to fresh bread every day. So if you ever go to a French village um, on a Sunday and everything is shut, because yeah. it would be, even places like when I went to Cognac, everything is shut apart from the baguette shop or a bakery. Okay. Thank you. But then we see... Um... Do not give a shit. Um, so then we see that Belle realises her dad's missing because uh, I think the horse comes back without him or something. The horse does come back and then she quickly, the horse comes like running back in, mm -hmm. galloping back in, goes to obviously get some water and food and then she's like, right, we need to go and find him. Okay, well remembered. So she obviously, you know, goes off again. And then this was, this is silly. And I think actually it's more, you know, it's more present in the cartoon than the live one. Mm. It's when the, when the dad goes out on the horse and there's the branch falls or something. Mm-hmm. And he can't get round. And then they go, oh, let's go this other way. And obviously you see it more um, in the cartoon because one way is all sunny and pretty, which they can't get down. And then this other way is like really scary and like dark and really like, you know, really horrible looking. Mm -hmm. And then even the horse, I think, in the, the cartoon is very hesitant to go down there. But the dad sort of like, and it's like, no, come on, and like pushes him down. Mm. And I think sort of Belle does sort of the set. Well, I mean, obviously she has to go and try and find her dad. But, you yeah. know, you'd be a bit like, God, why did he come down here? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he was a bit old, wasn't he, her dad? Uh, Belle arrives at the castle and Lumiere is excited as he thinks that she will break the spell. He's hoping that they will have a romance and they can turn back into people again. And it's good that she gets into the castle, doesn't she? She can hear her dad coughing. <laughs> and she knows exactly where to go in that massive, massive castle. It's quite an echo, maybe, a cough in a <laughs> castle that big. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, just thought... Handy, Oops. handy yeah. managed to cough at that moment. Exactly, because most people would be literally stalking around that place for hours. <laughs> Not Belle. And then they could both end up in prison together and then it'd be like, oh, this was silly. So she finds her dad after hearing the cough and she offers to trade places with him. 
And the beast said that if she does, she must stay there forever. And then, I don't know whether this, I can't remember whether this was exactly the same in the live action, but he moves into the light and she sees his face and she does such a ridiculous gasp. I just think, that's just rude. Yeah, I think she. I think she's just like, "What are you?" or says something like that yeah, to him. I mean, come on, that's you know. That's it's like you may as well just be stood in front of him, being like, <laughs> like pretending to be sick. I mean, you know, I'd be like, "Yeah, like forever and a day, you're going to be in there now, you bitch. Like, get in." I mean, she kind of deserved it after that reaction. I mean, hold it in. He's not that bad that you need to gasp. So, yeah, maybe that reaction is sort of the yeah, right reaction then. It's sort of like if or it's like seeing a baby and looking at it and then picking it up and then realising it has, like, five legs. I, I, I think don't you, think you will gasp. I really think, I think I would, I would be sick. <laughs> you know, there's, if there's one thing, it's I'm very diplomatic. And I just don't, I know I wouldn't gasp or react if I saw someone that looked like a beast. Okay, like literally, this is it now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find things <laughs> to just try and get you, get a reaction out of you. Okay. He sends the dad away and locks up Belle. In the cartoon, she wasn't allowed to say goodbye to him, but in the live action, it was done a little bit better, and she kind of tricked her dad into swapping places. Yeah, because I think realistically the dad would have said, no, like, of course I'll stay over you. Yeah, in the cartoon, and then it was kind of like, you know, he got chucked out, and then he just went home. I mean, <laughs> I think most fathers would be banging on the door and would not just think, oh, okay, and go. Um, he tells her she can go anywhere in the house after... Um, Someone, is it Lumiere, tells him to, that he needs to be a bit nicer to him, to her, sorry. Yeah. And he then tells Belle she doesn't have to stay in the cell. She can go anywhere other than the West Wing. But in the live, I don't think he, the Beast doesn't let him out. The Beast goes, doesn't he? And then they let him, the the candle and the clock let her out. Yeah. And then they're walking around and then they say something and then he goes oh, apart from the West Wing. And then she says, why, what's in the West Wing? The wing? And then Cogsworth, whatever, was like, oh, we don't have a West Wing. Right. He, when he was, uh, when he's prompted again by, I believe, Lumiere, he says that she has to join him for dinner and he, he kind of demands that she joins him for dinner. Yes. And then it cuts to Gaston and his his solo number, which, as we said, was probably better in the live version than it was in the cartoon. But I did like this version in the live. Yeah, very good. And I think overall, I was talking um, about this to my cousin Becky, and I said to her that I, this, this this reminds me of all of my cousins, but it particularly reminds me of Becky during it, just thinking of her as a little girl, how much she used to love this film. But very emotional, Holly. <laughs> it happens as you get older, and I just she used to she used to make me watch it so 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 often, and 
I was telling her this, and she said that she was pleased I associate this film with her, just because it's got the best soundtrack out of any Disney film, and I would agree with her on that. Yeah. Um, her dad runs into the pub that Gaston's in to ask her for help, ask him for help, sorry, to get Belle back from the castle. We then cut back to the castle, and we see the wardrobe, I don't know her name, I'm sorry. Do you know her name? No. The wardrobe, Mrs. Potts and Chip are waking Belle, and the servants try to advise the beast on how he should act at dinner. But um, Belle refuses to go to dinner, and he gets the right ump and says that she isn't allowed to eat. And I completely agree that she wouldn't want to go for dinner. Yeah, it would be highly inappropriate. It's probably a little too soon. Just a bit. She hasn't fallen for the Stockholm Syndrome quite yet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Bit too soon. She needs to be held captive for a little bit longer before... um, She falls in love. She falls in love with him in a very unhealthy way. So, the servants feed her on the sly, and this is where my favourite song happens, Be Our Guest i think it's just wonderful and again so much better in the in the other in the original yes i think so we see that bill goes into the west wing and the beast goes absolutely mental (laughs) again sort of quite rightly though he has said she can go anywhere in the castle other than the west wing how old is she supposed to be do we think 19 is everyone 19 in your world? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she runs out the castle after he goes mad, which I've put lacks security. Yeah, you're going to hold someone captive. You don't leave the door open. You know, Agree. She jumps on a horse, which is her own horse. Does it just stay outside the castle? And how did the dad get home? No, I know. That's why I didn't understand why the horse was there. But it is there anyway. And she gets chased by wolves, the beast follows her and rescues her, getting injured in the the meantime. And she takes him back to the castle and looks after him. And this is where the the Stockholm Syndrome starts to sort of... um, So we have Stockholm Syndrome and we have the Florence Nightingale effect all in, all happening. Lots of unhealthy relationships being formed in this scene and she thanks him for saving her life and then we see um the beast kind of watches Belle as she's going around the castle and everything is this this other song then this is the other song that i don't know the name of is it some something there or something yeah yeah Yeah. and i actually i really like this song but you never remember it unless you're actually listening to it at the time. The the library scene, though, when, mm-hmm. you know, when and, and again, the beast is quite jokey, isn't he? When he says something, she's like, oh, you've read all these books? And he's like, oh, God, no, like, that's Latin. Or, you know, like, says yeah. something, or Greek or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that library, and he's just a bit like, well, it's all yours. Yeah. Which seems a bit like we don't need to give her the library. You can just, there's only the two of you and a few sort of like candlesticks bobbing around. You know, you could just share it. Just give her one book would have probably kept her happy, to be fair. 
How's the castle being maintained? Where's all the food coming from, like the fresh food? Mrs. Potts is making it. That's not where she's sorting it from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No idea. So the servants um, hold a meeting to say that they only have a day before the last petal falls. And when Cogsworth said this during the cartoon, he bangs the glass to remind them. And I'm thinking, that's risky. Banging the glass when you could accidentally lock off the last petal. That could have finished a lot of them off. Yeah, it could have. Absolutely ridiculous. Very careless of him. They say they can't wait to be human again. And they get the beast all spruced up. They give him a bath and stuff. I don't know how they did this in the live action version. I don't remember this part of it. They were going to have a dance or something. Okay. And then someone came along to, like, sort his hair out and stuff. Okay, okay. This was the bit that, that made me a little bit tearful when I watched it. It was the Beauty and the Beast song. Because it's such a nice song, isn't it? It is. I bet a lot of people have this song at their wedding. bit insulting to the groom, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, and I guess. And the headed of the bride as well. <laughs> You've got to be quite cocksure, haven't you, to have that? You've got Mrs. Potts singing it, and that probably doesn't help his mood, that she's calling him a beast in the song either. <laughs> yeah. We should really talk about this, because this is what everyone loves. This was the, the yellow dress, and uh, very famous, isn't it, this scene? It is very famous. When you see them uh, walking around um, Disney World, or not they walk around anymore, but when they're there doing appearances or on the floats and things, and then she's always in this, the, the famous yellow dress. And the beast is always the beast. He's never the prince when you see them both together. Well, he's ugly when he's the prince. Well, we'll get on to that. The cartoon is a right munter. He looks better as the beast, doesn't he? He really does. And, well, I, I have a few things to say about when he turns into it in the live action as well. But let's just uh, get there first. So he gives her a magic mirror and he says that she can see anything she wishes to and she asks to see her dad. Um, and she sees that he's not very well. But hold on, what point does she go he says something about you can go anywhere in the world and you can see anything and she chooses to go back to Paris so she can vaguely she's like she says something like she can remember it but then when we see the story of what happens she is literally like the youngest baby there ever could be mm -hmm. and then obviously we find out what happens to the mum which is that she well, she got the plague yeah, well, that's in the live, the live action one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the, not the cartoon, obviously. No, they added that part. And did they need to add it? I mean, I don't know because, as I said, I was fourteen, so I probably, you know, it, it didn't resonate as much with me. But did you used to wonder when you were little where her mum was, or did you just accept that she just lived with her dad? I just thought she'd obviously died. Yeah. But I did think this bit, you know, when the mum, when they go back to Paris and they see it, like it is quite scary, and especially when you see like the doctor in the mask with a plague mask. I mean, those plague outfits anyway scare me. 
Do you know the one with the big, the big beak, the big nose? Yes. Sorry, I was just looking at the picture that you'd text me to try and shock me. And you didn't even know. I didn't gasp. We'll hear a small... <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought that was quite scary, actually. But... Yeah, so in, in the cartoon, he's, she just sees he's not very well and he sets her free. Um, and he gives her the mirror so she can look back at, at, at him any time she wants to. Yeah. Cogsworth is very annoyed that that he let her go. Um, and they realise that him loving her isn't enough to break the spell. She needs to love him back. Yeah. But she goes to her dad and um, they're about to put him in, in a funny farm. Yeah. I believe that's a politically correct term. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And in the cartoon, I don't think this was in the live, in the cartoon, Chip went with her and was in her bag, but that didn't happen in the live action, did it? No, it didn't. No. It didn't really need Chip in it, but in... in he did help last time, but they got they they got him out a different way last time yes. or something like that. Yeah, I... So no one believes that the dad saw um, a beast. They think he's he's mad. But Belle shows them the mirror to prove that the beast does exist. And Gaston, it's all uh, mob mentality, isn't it? He starts uh, saying, kill the beast. And of course, everyone joins in. Yeah. But then wouldn't wouldn't you... What, join in to kill the beast? No, I'd stay out of it. I'd think, God, I'm not going near it. <laughs> no, I know, wouldn't you? You know, I, I, I sort of understand why they're like, we need to kill the beast. Mm. Like, it's, He's you not know, going it's... after them, is he? Well, he might. might only be a matter of time. Mm, I suppose. I'd, yeah, I'd probably just leave him to get on with it. Well, yeah, you yeah. Servants back at the castle try to stop them from all coming in. And then they get in, and this is where we see a fight scene where the servants are all um, beating up the villagers. Yeah, and, and it's pretty close to it in the, the live action one. It is, actually. They did a good job of sort of mixing the CGI and stuff, didn't they? <laughs> Because actually, Carla, I believe on the cartoon version, mm. um, one of them, when they're going in, picks up Fifi, the duster, and starts trying to pull her feathers out. Um, that does ring a bell, actually. <laughs> but again, I wouldn't have said she was a main character. No, she's not a main character, but you completely disowned her oh. and acted like she did not exist. Um, yeah, I can. So Gaston and the Beast fight. And Gaston eventually plunges to his death just after stabbing the Beast. Yep. Is Adam doing your washing up? Yeah, can you hear <laughs> Got him slaving away in the kitchen. No, I haven't. And I've been trying to hold on. Adam, you're making too much noise. Doing the dishwasher or something. Anyway, the beast lies uh, dying, and 
just as the last petal falls, she says, I love you, which was handy. Very. And I've written here, he comes back and the human version looks bloody awful. And what what are we talking now? In live action the, or that cartoon? cartoon? That was the cartoon. However, I have an issue with, as I said to you before we started recording, in that Dan Stevens is far far too old to play a 21 year old he has got to be nearly my age i think he is way into his 30s and i have no idea why other than their obsession with english actors in this film that they cast him he's 34 yeah 34 he can't pass the 21 holly no he can't so that was ridiculous there's plenty of younger actors that could have played the Beast. I don't know why they chose him, other than, you know, he's from Downton Abbey. That was quite big in America, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Right. So, we then see the servants all come back to life as well. And what did you think of this? No complaints. They did it pretty much, as I remember, shot for shot, how it was in the cartoon other than, as I said, the duster and the wardrobe had way bigger parts in it than they did in the cartoon. Yeah. I mean, I th- and you said earlier, I, I would say the only thing about it is that Mrs. Potts does seem very old to have her son, Chip, mm-hmm. um, especially, I would say, in, in the 1700s or whenever we've decided it is. Oh, I think she would have been dead in the 1700s. <laughs> People only lived until they were about 40, didn't they, in those days? Well, yeah, quite the young, average, yeah. The average life of, of people did used to be around 40. Yeah, it was a lot lower than it is now, a lot lower. But yeah, like, that was quite quite weird, I would say. Who could have played her, like Kira Knightley? Like if they wanted to go for an English rose type, you know, well-spoken, Kira Knightley could have done that, couldn't she? She'd yeah. Under, she'd under Disney contract, didn't she, with Pirates of the Caribbean? She could have popped across. But maybe, you know, she wouldn't have been quite right. We needed someone a bit more motherly looking. What about Kate Winslet? Yeah, she would have been absolutely ideal. I think she would have just been perfect to do it, actually. And now I feel annoyed that she wasn't in it. It's ruined it for you now, hasn't it? It has. Remember when Kate Winslet had her singing career? That was very short-lived, wasn't it? She had, like, one song around Christmas time. What was it? What If? Or <laughs> it was. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And they did, you know, reasonably well in the charts, didn't it? I think so. I think it got to number one. Oh, I don't know about that. But it did... Uh, it was Christmas, so there was a lot of competition around Christmas time for the number one slot. But I, I believe she was at least in the top five with it. She did very well. I would say number one. Okay, you're being quite I'm gonna... now. <laughs> I was going to be like, yeah, number one in Austria. <laughs> <laughs> number six in the UK. Okay, so I said top five, so I think we'll find I'm nearer. Number one in Belgium and number one in Ireland. I didn't specify where I said number one. I just said number one. I'm sorry, I forgot that we have a number ones in Belgium on this <laughs> podcast. But, yeah, we all love Winslet, don't we? She's from Reading. She's got a road named after her. 
so that's nice. Yes, for people listening, you know, Holly is from Reading. That's why she mentioned Reading. <laughs> that is. They all live happily ever after is the upshot, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Nice. Nice story. A uh, bit creepy if you go too far into it. But it's a classic Disney film. They didn't ruin it with the remake. Very good film to watch on a plane. I I I was discussing this earlier. We've got um, a private message group going on our social media with the rest of the Britpod scene, which obviously you don't go on the social media side. <laughs> but I was I was trying to convince them earlier that that films are better on a plane, and they they don't seem to believe me. So I do urge anyone out there watch a film when you're on a plane. And then watch it when you're on the ground and see the difference. You know what, they just they just weren't having any of it? They just, yeah, they just, you know, they were quite sarcastic about it, really. They said, oh, that seems legit, a legit theory. But, I mean, it, I, I think it's absolutely true. Well, so do I. I mean, I've laughed hysterically at films on a plane and then watched them in the cold light of day and they're not even remotely funny. When I watched The Hangover, it was, I mean, literally the funniest thing ever. Yes. When I watched that, there was another film, oh God, what was it again, where like the two parents and the two kids go on like a road trip or something and oh, then end up getting like, yeah, that, mm. I mean, that, I was like, this is the funniest film in the world. Yeah. And then it just was not that funny. Yeah, I remember watching The Inbetweeners on a flight, and, I mean, that makes me laugh on the ground. Watching it up in the sky, I mean, I nearly died laughing. I bet. I absolutely bet you did. Right, we've had some shout-outs, which I just need to quickly go and find. Now, we've had no shout-outs from Twitter at all on Beauty. Gosh. Which... Did, you, did you put anything up? <laughs> yes. Okay, just checking. A bit rich coming from you. <laughs> yes, I wasn't judging, I just was asking. I put up two appeals and no one did. They're obviously just too ironic with their 124 char- characters to uh, answer us. But Instagram, they were loving it. So we're going to go straight onto Instagram. At D Pioneer said the animation version is one of the best Disney films ever made. I would agree with that. Yeah, completely agree. At Pizza Parte, and it, it is spelled Parte. That's not just me being Ross from Friends. Says the 2017 version was by far the best live-action remake of the classics. Again, could not agree more. Agree with this person. Completely agree. At go in for. Mednet says the costuming for the live version was beautiful. Belle's yellow dress is breathtaking, but I still have a soft spot for Be Our Guest scene in the original. That's one of my all-time favourite Disney moments. So It's again, like you've written that, Carla. It wasn't me. But I, I wholeheartedly agree. We have um, a comment from Lyle. One of two, because he commented on both of our appeals for it. So we'll do the first one. 
he said I preferred the original as it's classic but I do have a soft spot for the doll version of Emma Watson as Belle so I have be... you seen have yes. you seen the doll I cannot believe anybody let that go out so anyone that isn't aware of this there was the most hideous version of Emma Watson put out as a doll I mean whatever you say about Emma Watson she is astoundingly pretty I have no idea who designed this how it got on the market but we will pop a picture on Twitter to show you so you can see how ridiculous it was it was someone who didn't want her to be taking any more of the profit that's who yeah no one was going to be buying that doll that's for sure so oh actually I stand corrected Lyle's given three three separate comments so the second comment was I thought Emma Watson was actually pretty good as Belle Disney ruined the doll version of her, though. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. However, it's still not a patch on the cartoon version. And then he goes on to say, I must also stress how upset I was that the three bimbos who love Gaston were not blonde in the remake. Did you pick up on that? I did. If anyone wants to hear more from Lyle, they can listen to our podcast of The Mummy, where he was our guest star. We've got At It's Luke B, says the cartoon version is a classic Disney movie, so it's hard for the live action to ever live up to it. Fair enough, Luke B. It is hard, but I think they did it as best they could. I would agree. Like, I think the songs, the songs were never going to, certain songs were never going to be as good, but Mm. it was still very good. At A. Terry 88 says, in the remake, I feel like the Beast character went in reverse from a bit angry, but quite cute and lovable to a pompous, ugly, arrogant. (laughs) But yes, Emma Watson was actually annoyingly good as Belle if a bit off-putting, because she's too well-known. I do agree. You know, she's always just going to be Hermione. Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't really have that problem, having not watched all of the the Harry Potter films, that I was able to kind of just take her as Belle, and that was fine. Is there anything that you would like to add? No, I don't think so. Okie dokie. So... You can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films, on Pinterest and Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast, or you can email us themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. We are also the creators of Brick Pod Scene, so go to www.brickpodscene.com, where our website is currently under development, or you can follow us in the meantime on Twitter at Brick Pod Scene, where you will find loads of British podcasts and the lovely Daniel will talk about that after we have finished talking at the end of this show so thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time bye Theme Park Films podcast is part of Brit Pod Scene a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing check out BritPodScene.com or follow BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.